Rodney, how you doing over there, man? I'm doing fantastic. I, like I haven't uh, I haven't seen you in uh, in quite you, some time. You missed me, I bet. Something like that. You were in Vegas, Las Vegas. Is that, they call that the Strip, the main Strip Sin City, I believe. Am I just confusing Sin Strip City? There is stripping. I was going to say, am there's I just... a lot of stripping. Like part of the sin, I think, encompasses stripping. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're not here to judge. Neither am I. No, uh, but. Yeah, but so, I do judge that. But I saw on Instagram that you uh, were at a Gwen Stefani concert. I was. That was part of that was part of the act. Also, an Andy Grammer concert. Both back to back, same did, place. Did you get to meet Gwen? I didn't get to meet Gwen. Gwen. Okay. I saw her relatively close. It's interesting because I've always thought, and I've, I've legitimately have thought this many times, that if I ever met Gwen, I'd have two things to say to her. Uh, one would be a question, and one would be a thank you. Yeah, I like that you already think that you'd have the opportunity for two. You realize it'd probably be more of a handshake and see you later. But okay. Really? I want to hear the two, yeah. I mean, I feel like... I don't did know. you pay for this? Inter- like, are you, like, is this like you paid to be in a VIP? In your scenario, did you pay to be in a VIP setting where you could ask her two questions? Because I think, just generally speaking, she doesn't probably take two questions from every person that she meets. No, I think what it is is, you know, Down the Hall Podcast wins this award where it's like you get to meet Gwen Stefani and we each get a question. I murder you and ask, like, for you. <laughs> both both of yeah, the questions. But I said only one's a question. You wouldn't have to murder me. You could just the say... The other one is... You a- could just say, Ronnie, I have two questions. Do you mind if I ask you, like, do you mind if you hold off on your question? And I'd be like, yeah, you know what's funny? I actually don't have any questions That's for true. One of your strengths strength is holding off on things to say so <laughs> true um so the, my, my first well, question well for her would be like so gwen could you just tell me clear this up what actually is a hollaback girl like what like that's so use it in though. a sentence just not look that song. up on urban dictionary yeah, but, but next is that really the best okay but then my, <laughs> the next thing i'd say to her I'd, I'd say in the same way i'd say well thank you gwen for never letting me be able to forget how to spell bananas i like it yeah. should i have laughed there it, it, there's, it's not a laughing matter. You're, next time you're in a situation where you, you know, have to handwrite the word bananas. I think that song messes me up more. Every time people write, like people say it that way, I always think like, oh, the song has like way too many A's and N's, right? No, not right. <laughs> Definitely every not right. Time, every time someone said it, because in our like emails as we were leading up to the to the show, I feel like a lot of people t- referencing the concert or, or the, the conference itself were like, this is going to be bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> no, see, you, you, you just, you, you can't help yourself. I know, I know I'm lying. I know I'm lying, there. but I have to say, every time I wrote it, because they would write it with, like, the dash in between, and every time I looked at it, I thought, like, mm, no, I don't think that's how you spell it. Well, Rodney, while you were at, you were at uh, Las Vegas, yes. I, was, I was in another bright light setting. Yeah, I know. I saw, I saw your picture, uh, like, in front of a backdrop. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I could, I, in my head, I thought, he feels like a... A big old star. So in, in New York, I was there for the for the New York City Indie Film Fest, as we talked about leading up to it. Uh, starring, we had so it was playing Bad Frank, um, yep. starring friend of the show Kevin Interdonato um, and his wife Amanda Clayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I met Tony Germanario, the director, who will be a guest on our show in July. And so, at that point, you're going to call him a friend of the show. Yeah, he, right now he's an acquaintance, acquaintance of the yeah, show. Until until we do work together. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I would consider it doing work together. Exactly. Creative content. So we. Uh, so what was interesting, I will say on a, on a on a real note, is that in this theater, people people love the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, we, we had already said that we were pre- pleasantly surprised by it, but I I was so ready for them to love it because the movie they played like right before sucked. Oh, you watched. Sucked. So you had to watch more than no, one. like a short, like a short, like how short? Thirty minutes. How did it did it feel like an hour? It 
it felt like 30 minutes underwater. It sucked, dude. Yeah. But anyway, it was actually super interesting to be sitting with, uh, with or like kind of with Kevin and, and his wife and the director as I'm watching them watch people watch their movie. Yeah. And I realized in that moment, like, oh, this is, this is like a weird thing for them to be putting themselves out there like this and just having, but like I said, people loved it. I liked it better the second time around. And like I said, yeah. I, I really appreciated it the first time. But uh, so Rodney, here's the question though. Yeah. That, that aside, why are we here? Uh, we're here because people spend 115 hours a year searching for movies to watch. And so we're spending far more than that amount of time watching and searching for movies to watch. And uh, Chet, I got to ask you the question. What would you do with it? What would you do with that time? Yeah, well, while you were gone, I didn't just go to the film fest. I also was sick. I had the flu. I thought, this would be a good time. I'm going to go get the flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot cheaper than I thought it would be. Um, just one bad meal. Easily accessible. Uh, so I got it. And I did, it felt like I spent 115 straight hours watching movies. I watched eight movies. I don't think the the math adds up there, but Not that's quite, what it felt no. like. Yeah, yeah really um, long movies, maybe. Yes, yeah, some to avoid, some that we might do uh, episodes on, depending on how you take those movies as well. Okay, but I feel like I was—I feel like it was a productive, is a productive flu, a productive flu. <laughs> That's good. That's always good to be. I I'm, I appreciate the dedication for you to just be like laying down, skin hurting. It was bad, but still putting in work. Yeah, I res- I respect that. Yes, sir. So the movie we are looking at today is called The Kings of Summer. And uh, we're really excited to talk about this one. It's one yeah. of uh, our favorites. Yeah. When did we first watch it? A couple of years ago? Yeah. It's one that I, I watched uh, or I'd seen a trailer for somewhere and added it to my very uh, my very ancient style watch yeah. list. Just paper, a, note, paper. a note on my oh, phone. Oh, note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and watched it. Loved it. Told you about it. You yeah. loved it too. Loved it. Um, and and then, it, yeah. it holds up too. Oh, I've yeah. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. I think, you know, watched it last night. I think I was nervous because... I loved it the first time. I was nervous that the second time through that it wasn't going to strike me that I was just in the perfect mood to watch it. And that's not the case. It's great. I love it. And what's the topic we're looking at? The topic based on this movie we're going to do is uh, best friend movies. So or best friends in movies, because uh, this, you know, features a, a pretty prominent uh, friendship between uh, between two of the main characters. And so we're looking at movies that feature best friends. And the movie we are avoiding today is a Netflix original Adam Sandler Sandy Wexler, <laughs> which I feel like everybody probably instinctively knew to avoid, but maybe they got they got caught up in the in the hype. But hey, whatever we can do to help. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, Chet, I'm going to get us started with the basic info in this movie, uh, but then I'm going to ask you for what the movie felt like. So the basic info, it was a movie hour and a half, hour and 35 minutes long, uh, I guess technically. Well, which is it? Uh, hour and 35, I think. Te- well, if you take out, it okay. doesn't matter. We That's why you truthful. don't ask me the question, because then I will give you a different answer. Um, it's an adventure comedy drama. It's rated R. I did not realize it was rated R until I just am looking at this right now. I did not realize that adventure is a genre for movie. That sounds exciting. Oh, definitely. Um, What would you consider Indiana Jones? Classic. Okay. Different. Carry on. Um, So you can watch this on Amazon Prime. So it's not on Netflix, but it is free if you're an Amazon Prime member, uh, which I would highly recommend as well. Uh, So the cast, it features Nick Robinson, Gabriel Brasso, Moises Arias, who is hysterical, uh, and also Nick Offerman. So for the Parks and Recs fans out there. And the director is Jordan Vogt-Roberts, uh, who 
just recently did Kong Skull Island, which I anticipate I would like less than this movie. Yeah. Um, but I won't judge him for what I have not seen. Um, so that's all of the basic info. It's about uh, kind of these, uh, you know, friends who for the summer kind of run away-ish, uh, go build a house in the woods. Um, something that I feel like, you know, every, you know, if you were ever a young teenage boy, you probably had considered as a, as an idea. And this is kind of living out that idea. But Chet, what would you say the movies feels like? Yeah. Also, I'm a little, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little nervous. We're doing, this is one of our first episodes in front of a live audience. <laughs> live studio. Wild. Audience. Wild. Yep. Um, that's partially true for the listeners who are curious. That's partially true. Uh, so anyway, so the, uh, the movie, so the reason that I think I love, I've recommended this movie far before we were doing this podcast because I recommended it to you. Yeah. And yeah. because I think that what I loved about it is it's, it's, it was super unassuming. Like it's one that easily could be missed. I mean, it came out in 2013, so it's still yeah, it, relatively it's new, I guess. It's been missed, right? I for feel sure. like people don't talk about it. Definitely not. And I think, and so what I love about it though, is that it, it is hysterical. It's, it's one of those that the whole time, like I think I'm a big believer that comedies are are funnier uh, when you're watching it in groups of people. And when I was sick, I was rewatching this and by myself laughing so loud watching this movie. It's so good. Uh, there's one scene in particular that whenever I whenever I talk about this movie, I, I always make sure to reference. We're trying to sleep! It's public property, bro! What? Who told you that? We assumed. And every time, every time I hear that, I like, I, it's just the best. But so throughout the whole thing, there's just great, great moments like that. And yeah. And that is, that scene is symbolic of just like a lot of the, the good humor. Cause it is like kids and, but I mean, there's just a lot of great lines or even, you know, it's just, just a lot of great humor that like well-written. Humor. Yeah. And, and so that, that scene and, and others in the beginning kind of sets the stage where you have this. Uh, these kids are on the on the cusp of summer, so school's getting out, and they are sick of their parents. They're ready to they like want nothing to do with their parents. It's these two best friends, and they decide that they're going to go run away and build a house in the woods. And they're accompanied by Biagio, who is someone who they previously did not know, but like won't stop following them essentially. Yeah. And Biagio is played by Moises Arias, and eventually we're going to do an episode on like best or favorite individual performances biagio is gonna make my list he's I, so funny he's so funny i don't know I, I still i don't think we ever looked up like how old he was in this um but if you were to tell me he was 12 or 32 i'd believe you yeah he he's just hysterical like he's he's a really quirky character yeah but not like but he's very serious too. there's this so one there's part where the yeah. main character is, is smoking a cigar so he's like lit up this cigar and he's saying like Man, Biagio, is there anything better than a good stogie? And Biagio's straight-faced answer is having the opportunity to tell a lie and choosing to tell the truth instead. <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, these these kids, it's just like, I don't know, it just kind of, it's your coming-of-age story that kind of like brings out the, yeah. the high schooler in you that yeah. just wants to go out and like experience that freedom and get away from everything. And I don't know, it was... It's really cool. The house they build is is like you know set far enough away that people legitimately think that they're either dead or like states away at this point, right. and they're just in their same town but in the woods. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would just the only thing I would add to that is I think the movie does do a really good job initially too of just setting up kind of that tension you probably feel as a like an early high school kid where the parents are 
not hovering parents, but at the same time, they're just kind of like, you know, at that age where everything your parents are doing probably is like a little annoying to you. Well, I think it's different for uh, Gabriel Basso's character. He plays this kid, Patrick, and Patrick's parents are definitely like hovering, like for sure. But the main character, Nick Robinson, his dad is played by Nick Offerman, and it's not really the same. They just have a really like bad relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's more contentious. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Offerman is really funny throughout too. It's living out that experience, like, if you did run away with your, like, best friends in high school or, like, before you can probably drive or whatever, you know, you're, like, before you really have a true sense of freedom, this is that whole experience of, like, just going out in the woods and doing whatever you wanted for for the summer uh, with your closest friends and Obviously, there's the involvement of the girl. Uh, they're both they're both interested. There's always in. a girl. There's always a girl. There's always a girl, and the the girl that they're both interested in. And so, you know, there's a lot. You know, just a lot of all of that life experience that the kind of is they're experiencing for the first time too. That uh, adds to to the interest. And ultimately, what I love about it is it's 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 absolutely hilarious, as we've said many times over. But it's also one that it's going to catch you by surprise because it's mm-hmm. not a really long movie, nope. um, but it's one that's fun and heartfelt and it has a really good story throughout that, you know, wraps up well. And yeah. I think that ultimately it's one that would definitely save your movie night for the week. Right. And just to touch base on whether it's, whether it's been missed or not, I think one of the things that we've talked about is how much money it made, you know, cause I feel like that does show overall exposure. Um, obviously big blockbusters, you know, make a ton more, uh, ton more money, but the gross on IMDb at this point is like 1.2 million, you know, made like $60,000 in opening weekend. So it's definitely a movie that was not incredibly like s- largely seen. What did, what did the critics have to say? Hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So the critics had to say it's, uh, so on Rotten Tomatoes is a 76%. Uh, which is, I think, lower. Definitely lower than I think anyone. Lower than I expected. Um, we had to talk about that because yeah. that's lower than anyone we've recommended so mm-hmm. far. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely like in that lower tier for sure. But on IMDb, uh, it is a seven point two, which is you know pretty high mark. So it's you know really it's fan, you know fan vote is very high. Critics less like less universal. But what did what did you what did you give it? I gave it a, it's like teetering on a nine or a 10 for me. Yeah. Like it's so good. I'm it's, the same. And I'm a nine. if you listen to all these episodes, I very rarely go beyond eight really. Yeah, right. Like, and this is for me easily a nine, maybe, right. maybe a 10. And we both probably like coming of age movie. Like, we're, yeah. you know, we're both probably kind of suckers for that. But at the same yeah. time, I also just like the adventure that's yeah. involved in this and just the overall story I think is, is really great. Um, well, of the three coming of age movies, I think we've done, which are dope edge of 17 and now this you know, they're all great. I think if I had to pick, though, I think this is my favorite of the three. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I guess now I'm just curious what, you know, like, what did the experts, you know, the my favorite segment, the best and worst reviews? I I, I want to hear it. So you want to start with the worst review, of course, so we can Obviously. end on a, on a positive note. Always. So I'll go ahead and say where this is from initially, because I think that does prime the pump a little bit. So it's okay. from the New York Post, which New York Post, okay. our experience with the New York Post and the New Yorker yeah. is is that they are sometimes pretentious. So probably less pretentious than the New Yorker, but still, I think I'm interested to hear. I'm ready to call whoever wrote it pretentious, though. So it says that Kings of Summer is less less of a movie than a checklist of indie sim- cinema cliches. Uh, it's youth on a journey of self-discovery. Got it. Dead mom. Uh-huh. 
wounded and entitled when it's trying to be soulful, plotless, laden with indie rock, and entirely overhyped at Sundance? Checkeroonie. Wow. Checkeroonie was used in a, in a, in a review. I don't know. There's something like, if you, I feel like if you're going to be critical, like you, you can't, you can't say Checkeroonie, can you? Well, what's the problem with what, all they did was just list plot points. I feel like they just listed a lot. Of, wait, it, they, they called the movie what's entitled. I don't know. I, it's saying it's trying to be soulful. It's plotless and laden with over like entirely Which, overhyped and laden with indie rock. I don't remember okay. any indie rock. I do feel like there's some rap. I get plotless to some degree. Like I think if probably you and I were to really like, you know, there's probably not this like, you know, what do they really, want? Really drawn out like climaxes. You know what I mean? Like it's there's not a huge point. I feel like the it's not point like twists is, and turns. It's no, a no, very no, straightforward right. story right. about yeah. kids who are trying to like find themselves yeah. and they're going like, out and yeah, finding themselves over the course of a summer doing kind of this like adventurous thing that, you know, I feel like it's easy to imagine wanting to have that experience. I don't know, man. I don't know. What, a, what, a, what's the name of this? Do we know the name of the, I, I'm actually glad if you don't find I, the, oh, the actual the, person. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't, don't want to know. I don't think it's a person as much as it is just like a computer that spits out highly pretentious things. Yeah. Maybe from the New could York be. post. Yeah. It could be. Uh, no, no one person with a heart would look at this very heartfelt movie and come away saying entitled. No, also it has to be who somebody who thinks strictly in binary. Uh, all right, so the best review came from the playlist, okay. uh, which uh, I have no idea what that is. It must be like a smaller release paper, but I do like what they said. So it says, while the premise of the film is outlandish, so yeah, I'll, I'll give agree. it that. The feelings are real, and the director and screenwriter are in perfect unison uh, on this film, harmonizing to create what feels like a fresh comic voice. Agree. What? Well done. Rick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love the lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right, so we know that Brick loves the lamp, uh, and what we're looking at today are what you and I, Rodney, and also our listeners uh, think about in terms of their favorite um, examples of best friends in movies. So the topic... The examples they love as it pertains to our topic. Correct. Got it. We're, yep. just, we're just putting a bow on that sound drop. It's perfect. So, Rodney, if you were to lead us off, what's the what's your favorite example of best friends in movies? Um, so I think you and I had talked about this. So where are we? This one is two two guys, like younger, like early teenage guys that are because I feel like there's a distinct difference to me between best friend guy movies, best friend girl movies. So just for the record, do you agree with that? Should we list all the differences between guys and girls now? Or yeah, I think so. Let the audience fill it in. Yes. Uh, let's just list them. Okay. Should we start anatomically or should we start with like emotionally? Let's see where this goes. Okay. <laughs> so I know I think, um, you know, so I'm going to focus more on the movies that, so the ones that like came to mind right away were like Sandlot, uh, you know, oh, man, like I should have a group a of, one. you know, a group of kids, uh, like younger kids movies where it's really driven by like uh, this group of best friends i love stand by me you know because it's yeah, these like it's a great one you know it's it's more than two but uh it's this group of friends who all go have an experience but like learn and you know it's it feels like over a short time frame you know they all kind of grow up a lot and, and learn different things and so uh it's a great movie yes um but stand by me would be sure. one of my favorites so we have some listener listener interaction as we always try to get. 
uh, Rob, our buddy Rob, yeah. who currently resides in Colorado Springs, although that guy's hopped all over the map, he said Wedding Crashers. So he said Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn's characters in Wedding Crashers, which you know oh, my yeah. affinity for that movie. Oh, it's a great one. Rule number six. Do not sit in the corner and sulk. It draws attention to you in a negative way. Draw attention to yourself, but on your own terms. And then Rhett from, from Florida, who he's chimed in a lot recently. I love that. He initially said stepbrothers, but that's cheating because that's like they they're then become stepbrothers. Like I feel like it needs to be something. Like they can't be relational? That can't be familial. So it yeah. has to be. So then he, he then, I didn't even say it. I wonder then if he corrected his own thought and said uh, Maverick and Goose from, from Top Gun. Yeah. Who, and for a second, when you first told me that one, I was like, uh, Rhett, those are enemies. And you corrected me and said, no, you idiot. That's Iceman. Iceman. Yeah. Right. Um, so Craig from the Take Two podcast, and I want to take a moment right there because Craig also recently commented on one of our blog posts for yeah. uh, Fruitvale Station. So really appreciate that, Craig. And their podcast is one that looks at um, movies and TV and stuff, and it's one that kind of covers a wide range of, of topics, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. I got to listen to only one episode this week, but I look forward to more. He said, Dutch and Dylan from Predator. So mm. I, I already feel like you definitely haven't seen Predator. I haven't seen Predator. Yeah. Um, Here's here's one of my favorites. Um, Bo from Virginia says Harry and Lloyd from Oh, Dumb, Dumb such and a Dumber. good one. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. That's the best one. Bo wins. Well, Bo then, wins. Should I not read the last two? Uh, yeah, and I don't even want to hear yours. But the next one's Movie <laughs> Rob. We love Movie Rob. Okay, Movie Rob can go. I don't want to hear yours. He said though. Andy Dufresne and Red from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, such a good one. Um, you know. I think when I saw that one come through on Twitter, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good one. The last one before me is Debbie from question mark. Where is she from? Um, she I didn't would, say. You, she didn't say? Where, where is she from, Ronnie? From yep. the interwebs. Come on. Where is she from? She probably, she might be a bot. She might live in the cables. You're the most boring person. All right. Han Solo and Chewbacca that's a, that's is, what, answer, is what she said. That's a good I thought. You, you just t- talked over it. What did I say? What was her Chewbacca. answer? Chewbacca. And? And Han Solo. All right, good. Oh, was it? There was so much oh, doubt in your shoot. eyes. Shoot, there was none. I, I, uh, you know, I don't know their friendship, but Chewbacca. Oh, Chewbacca. I always confuse Chewbacca and who? Who do you think I confuse him with? Oh, uh, no one cares. I don't think. Jabba so. the Hutt. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> Which all right, they're so different, right? <laughs> my my Love answer to this. We also had people say like boss. <laughs> uh, Woody and Buzz came up a few times. Yeah, uh, they're kind of frenemies. You know what though? I got to go with Lyndon. Lyndon had had an answer. One of his uh, his few answers. Um, one of his few. One of the few answers he oh, gave us. Okay. Right was was Frodo and Sam from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, that's a good. Of one. all these friendships, not one besides Frodo and Sam brought the ring to Mordor and destroyed Sauron. Like, I'm sorry, you can tell me that friendships are worth whatever, but until they do that, so I don't think they really hold up. If it doesn't live in the fictitious world that J.R.R. Tolkien created, that it just doesn't count? I think that if you and I were, were climbing Mount Doom, first of all, universe? we would never get to Mount Doom. Oh, no, we but would <laughs> argue so much on the way back. Like, if How we, soon on a trip of us going to Mount Doom would we separate? How early into that trip? We wouldn't get out of, uh, we wouldn't get out of the Hobbit town. The thing is, the reason we wouldn't get out of the Shire is because, not because we'd be arguing, is because you'd be telling me for two hours, okay, I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm ready to go. Oh, and you'd still be so getting accurate. ready. But, I was so ready to fight you on whatever you were going to say, but that's 100%. The, the entire war would have already happened and destroyed, and, and <laughs> I would be sitting there in the corner holding the ring, and you'd say... And then I'd probably say, is it, right, too, is ready? it too late? It's too late? Yeah, well, it's it's 2.30 a.m. I think that... Uh, I would pack, I would have pack like 17 of those sticks with the with the like handkerchief basket on the back or yeah, whatever. Yeah, those seem yeah. like horribly inefficient. Yeah, well, that's how I would have packed way too many.
There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. All right, so the movie we're avoiding, Rodney, I told you to avoid this one. So yeah, I, I've actually assigned you to I took the brunt the to of this, which seems okay. Um, Sandy Wexler, it's a Netflix original, one of four that Adam Sandler has signed on for, I guess. Um, and you know Why what it is? Why do you think Netflix picked him? Casey told us that it's like the most played person on Netflix is is Adam Sandler. Yeah, but it's quantity over quality. I guess you're right. But I got I to gotta stop us before we go too far, because this is just supposed to be a quick segment. And to give context, what we do here is we say there are movies that are being promoted either on Netflix or online that will say like best Netflix movies right now or mm-hmm. Netflix originals. They always get promoted to us a lot. Yeah. And our job is to say, look, we're trying to save you movie night. So these ones that are put, kind of put right out in front of you, like you're going to want to avoid these. Skip yes. on past. Um, so in this case, so this one is, so the thing about Adam Sandler movies is I feel like people have already decided before knowing anything about it, it's an Adam Sandler movie. I'm definitely seeing it. Or it's an Adam Sandler movie. I'm definitely not seeing it. Here's the thing though. I actually do like a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I do too. And this one though, if you're someone who does like Adam Sandler, like you're not going to like this one. It's it's terrible. It's a waste of time. It's a long really? movie. This is how I knew. I put it on and I thought, "Huh, these are all an hour and 10 minutes." I'm probably almost done. It's been it feels like it's been about 2 hours. And I I clicked pause just to see how much time was left. I was only 40 minutes in. I was only 40 minutes in and I thought, "Yeah, never what? a good sign." Are you kidding me? So, avoid Sandy Wexler. Uh, Adam Sandler has had some gems, yeah. and he's also had Blended. And yeah, he's also had... No, Jack and Jill is way worse, where he plays himself, himself. and then his sister. Oh, man. Oh. Fooled, like you can't get fooled again. Dress your voice. It's not good. Oh, that's the other thing, is that he does that, like, turkey song voice, like yeah. the Thanksgiving song or whatever, voice, mm-hmm. like the whole movie, the whole thing. Well, I'm glad you assigned yourself to this. <laughs> I finished it. I watched the whole thing just in case there was just, anything. Just in case it salvaged itself? Anything. Yeah. I couldn't find one good thing about it. Good. So if you hear music right now, it's not because we're actually necessarily signing off. It's just our, our fair warning to you as we get into the spoiler section, which is really just us saying our favorite scenes at this point. Yeah, we don't we don't offer a lot in the spoiler section anymore. But I will say that uh, at this point, if you want to go to downthehallpodcast.com, you can contribute to the conversation about uh, best examples of best friends in movies. Um, so, I mean, you could see best friends in podcasts. And would that be me and you? No, I don't think anyone no. would believe that. No. Uh, so you can go to the website and can contribute to the blog post and also scroll down and recommend a movie for us. But I'll have to say, we have a major announcement right now. Like, I'm ready. Like groundbreaking. So every week you hear Rodney talk about Checked Out in Jersey. Rodney, how would you describe that show? I would describe it as an irreverent Howard Stern-esque radio show uh, done on Facebook Live. Pushing the envelope, really, at all times. Yeah, pretty much. So we have joined with them. We're going to be doing a contest. So the, there's going to be... Should I do the prize first or the... You know what? It's probably not fair for me to call it irreverent. It's more than that. I think in, in particular, Pete has a lot of heart. I feel like I... Did I disrupt your flow? No, I'm curious. Should I do the prize first? Should I say, say what the prize is or like what the contest entails? Um, well, I guess let's do the prize first because then people okay. will decide if they want to keep listening. So we're doing a joint contest with that show. And the winner of the contest, which we're going to explain the rules here in a minute, but the winner gets to brewery, 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 blueberry, brewery, blueberry, brewery, brewery hop with 
checked out in Jersey and down the hall podcast. Did you say also blueberry picking? Blueberry picking uh, it, with Rodney. Uh, and then Brewery Hop with Checked Out in Jersey and Down the Hall Pocket. We're actually going to be driving down there. We're going to be recording an episode in their studio with them and then doing one of ours as well. So you would be able to sit in and listen to both of those. But I think the real prize is being able to hang out, do the brewery tour. But there is also a physical prize, which if you have listened to their show, as some of you I know have, you can go back and check out this episode where uh, they had a guest on who does a big box of magic is what it's called. Yeah, I'm it's, curious what that means. I haven't listened to the episode yet. I have no idea. Okay. I'm excited. To, so it's, it is assorted prizes of unspeakable value, as Matt describes it. Okay. Uh, courtesy of the big box of magic. Is that the magic? I think so. Well, I think we're. I think the whole thing is just magical. Magical experience. Like bunnies coming out of the... Like, is that what... Every time I... Well, that's out of a hat, I guess. But there's just magical things inside the box. So... Now that we know what the prize is, a brewery, a brewery hopping tour with both shows and then being able to sit in uh, in their studio as we record both both shows. That I like night. that you've learned to just keep running right through my own my own tangents. I'm going to explain what the, uh, the scope <laughs> of the contest is. So what we're going to do is they have given us a question to ask you, our, you know, our listeners, but they're also directing their listeners to come listen to our show and get their question. Great. So each week there's going to be a new question. And to submit your answer, you need to go to downinjerseycontest at gmail.com. It's a pretty creative name, right? Down in Jersey. Do we not have... Oh, I like it. I got it. I yeah. got it. No, see? Yeah. Took me a second. I saw took the moment where it, it clicked. Saw, or it clicked. I was about to say, well, why is it so focused on their... Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go to downinjerseycontest at gmail.com to email your answer. And you have to also listen to their show on Monday nights where we will have... Our question. So there's going to be two questions a week. It's going to double your chances of winning. They're not trivia questions. They're more participation questions. And the more questions you participate in, you increase your chance of, of having your name drawn at the end of everything. Like it. True. So let's get right to the question. So we said, Rodney said they, they, they like to push the envelope. They're, uh, you know, inspired creatively by Howard Stern. And so leave it to them to have this be their first question. <laughs> yeah, ready. Their question this week, their first question is, despite... Being a murderer, allegedly. Alleged murder. Is Casey Anthony attractive? And actually, I want to push that a little bit, too, because it's actually, to me, a really... Like, do you remember the uh, the the mugshot from a couple years ago of this guy that a lot of girls thought was, like, super attractive, and it went viral, and then he now has, like, a modeling contract? Does he? How long was he in prison? I, I have no idea. I'm just saying the idea of, like, felons, like, convicted or or, like, alleged... Does that change someone's level of being attractive or not? I mean, so I guess like, it could add to it. Their question is about Casey Anthony, on. like whether or not people yeah. think she's hot. But, but to me, I'm wondering. I think it's an interesting topic, not a down the hall podcast topic. No, but a checked out in Jersey <laughs> topic for sure. Unless they make a movie of this. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. You know, having this live audience, it, I, I don't think people realize how many times it, sometimes we have to do a take four or five times in a row. And this is like a pretty much improv show, yet sometimes we, you yeah. say something like wildly inappropriate <laughs> accidentally, and we have to cut it four times because uh, you keep I feel, saying it. I feel like you're nervous to ever have me do the editing because I feel like there's, there's, there's oh, so I, many. I'm, there's, that's such a nervous thought there. Oh, yeah, Although yeah. I will say I am excited because now that your conference has come and gone, we can get back to like both of us writing these episodes yeah. because I think we've gone through a stretch where the episodes really show a lack of 
our creativity and just just mine and there's a, a distinct ceiling to it when yeah. it comes to so just me you're saying that there's a lack of creativity because it's just come from your brain 50 percent okay 50 percent so capacity percent lack okay correct uh, uh i thought you were giving me full credit for the 100 percent creativity no I like that but i will apologize for taking up most of that last segment when we were talking sorry, about sorry no i uh, appreciate you uh, lightening the burden on me oh there it is see right. he had said something else that was uh <laughs> It wasn't inappropriate. We just took it inappropriately. You know, so it's 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 Mother's Day this weekend. It is. What would it have been like if we had, speaking of a live audience, if we had brought our moms uh, to this? It's a good question. I think, um, boy, I don't know. That would be a sight. I feel like both our moms, though, are uncomfortably proud of us. So I feel like they would yeah, just be sitting here clapping. That's true. They They're so proud of us that they turn themselves into liars when they talk about us. Like they, they say so. things yeah, that yeah. are like blatantly untrue. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Rodney, between the two of us, who do you think would make the better mom? Um, me. Definitely. You, you have um, the hips, you have the hips for it. You can, hips, you can bear a child. I've got, I've got a lot more too than just the hips. We got a laugh from the, the live studio audience. I would definitely on be the mom. All right. So Rodney, what's your, uh, what's your favorite scene from this movie? There's a lot. I, well, there's a lot of like subtle scenes. So, um, I guess the one that I'm going to pick is there's a scene where, uh, Joe, uh, who's played by Nick Robinson main character, um, is they're playing like monopoly. So with Nick Offerman, his dad, and also his sister is there and her husband or boyfriend, one of the two, but, um, it's just like this perfectly uncomfortable, and his dad's girlfriend. So it's this perfectly uncomfortable situation. Yeah, it's where, when they're showing us why they so badly want to run away. Yeah. Like they, they just show yeah. us uncomfortable family setting up yeah. un- to make it so that's like, oh, this is why these kids right. run out. And Joe is like, you know, he's the, um, you know, I feel like he's like the youngest in the family. And it's not necessarily, I wouldn't say like Nick Offerman isn't just a jerk. There's just a relationship is strained. And I think. You know, Joe doesn't make it easy on his dad either. But also in this in this setting, you know, he doesn't want him to have moved on from his mom uh, who had passed away. But so anyway, they're playing like they're having a game night, which is something they used to do as a family. And so he's kind of intentionally making it like annoying or uncomfortable. You know, he's just he's being he's being kind of a little bit of a brat, I think, to his dad. But then in the process is the brother in law who is just this like hysterical he's just like goof you know like the things that he says and thinks like you know he wants to compliment the food that was served and he said like oh it's uh just so tender like uh avocado meat nick offerman's like i'm not sure what you mean by that (laughs) that's my that's my that was a pretty good one frank the lamb was delicious just so tender it was like i was chewing avocado meat i'm not sure i know what you're saying colin Uh, avocado meat that's my um, Nick Offerman. But so they're like, I don't know. There's just something no perfectly like well done. I love, I kind of love family settings where there's just a lot of like discomfort uh, or like one thing gets said. And you, you want to explore everyone, that a little bit more. Why do you like that? No, um, let's, no, let's not, let's not go back. Why? Because I'll just answer it anyway. Why? Because probably because I'm a bad person. So my favorite was when um, at the very end, there's so this is you know, obviously if you're listening you don't care about spoilers because we gave you the warning but so Biagio gets bit by this poisonous snake and they're rushing him to the hospital and ends up being okay like he's fine but he's sitting in the hospital bed and he wakes up and he says to Joe if I had to do it over I'd get bitten again I know you would Biagio you're a good friend remember when I said if I had to do it over I'd get bitten again you, you just said that I was wrong. 
I would never do that again. <laughs> yeah, so Kings of Summer, guys, that's the one you want to watch this week. It'll help you take back movie night. Uh, you're no longer need to be uh, wasting time looking. So that's it. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's all Rodney has. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can email us at Down the Hall Podcast at gmail.com. Or like we said before, you can go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can contribute to our conversations and you can also recommend a movie for us to watch. That's Rodney. I'm Chet. Thank you again. That's Chet. I'm Rodney. Thank you again. (laughs)